2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: State and local government across this country dealing with and having difficult dealing with homeless encampments and panhandling and in Jefferson Parish, it's no different. Joining us on the line is Pat Connick, state senator. Pat, welcome to the show.
4: Hey, you know How are you doing?
3: Pat, congratulations on your most recent uh, election. Uh, we were happy about that. Uh, so yeah, tell so us about what... <laughs> I bet you are. (laughs) I love it, Pat. (laughs) Uh, So, Pat, uh, obviously, this is a challenge that continues to rear its ugly head. People are trying to find solutions. Um, You're very much uh, got your finger on the pulse of this. Where are we? You no, know, the, the goal
4: is to have a clean, safe, and
3: attractive West Bank of,
4: of Jefferson Parish. And we need to attract and keep businesses and families here. And one of the ways we need to uh, assist in that goal is to, you know, address the homeless issue, address the litter problem, and, and get help to those who need the help, but also make the area attractive and uh, a, a pleasant place to, to live
3: in. So what are we, what are we proposing actually here? Or what are we uh, thinking about proposing?
4: Well, well, under the expressway, we have two main goals. One is to beautify the area, I mean, you know, with landscaping. And the other problem, uh, other uh, goal is to modify the environment under the expressway to discourage load, uh, loitering, uh, loitering and panhandling. You know, if you look at what's being done under there, we're putting rocks and barriers in areas where the panhandlers uh, work back and forth so they cannot... It would be be almost impossible to to walk back and forth uh, to a panhandle. We're putting up signs to educate those who help. You know, those who want to help, there's a better way to do it than giving cash out to the panhandlers. Don't give to Unity or Catholic Charities. You know, those entities have shelters and they have uh, experts that deal with this problem. Um, Giving cash uh, out your window of your car uh, we, we find feeds addiction. There's a, there's a problem with alcoholism and, and mental health issues. Uh, it's a complex issue, but uh, it's something that we're trying to at least address as, as best we can.
3: There's no doubt it's a public safety and a public health issue, right?
4: Yeah, and at one point in a few a year or two back, they had a two people living in, in under the expressway. It looked like a pile of trash. You couldn't tell it who was in there. Just like I mean, literally. Wood, lumber, plastic, and a bobcat went to clean the area up, and there was two people in there, and it got hurt. Uh, one lady hurt a you know got her face uh, split by a, a, a pallet that was hit her. So that's the kind of stuff that can happen, and, and panhandling can cause accidents, and, and that's what the message we need to to address. You know, I go out there often and, and talk to these folks. there's some who really want help and need help, and, and we direct them in the right area but there's others who can care less they want to to live out there they think it's their right uh there's litter all over the place and we have to enforce rules and make rules to stop that from happening help those who want you need the help but for those who don't we got to make sure that we uh we, we move them on
3: and it seems as though the business uh folks uh, along westback expressway they've been putting up with a lot but they 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 have they understand the plight they understand the complexity of the issue and they really do want to see these folks get help right
4: absolutely and and i gotta commend chris bro who is a he's with the lions club over here he's very active in the community he's had two town hall meetings that was really well attended uh by the population uh, by the public over here in uh, trying to address what needs to be addressed. And, and one of the solutions is what we're doing under the expressway. The other one is finding a, um, is establishing a homeless outreach uh, uh, program with the parish, with Cynthia Lee and, and the council in Jefferson Parish to find a place for uh, these folks who need a place to stay, find mental health uh, assets for them, and take care of that you know give them treatment for their drug addiction. There's a lot of issues out there, uh, but it's 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 not one simple solution. It's everybody coming together, pitching in, and working to to make things better.
3: Pat, I applaud the effort. But one thing that I know for sure is that if you don't stay on top of it, it will get the best of you, right?
4: No, I've been dealing with this thing for the last eight years. Um, You know, I've been – it's not going away. And and being reelected, I won't go away for the next four years. I'll keep pushing the issue and and trying to do something. Uh, At least you see that there is some effort under the expressway where – you know, these rocks are being put in. We're being criticized by some who saying, you know, why do this? And, uh, you know, but, but those folks who criticize, I said, come on, you can criticize, but come back with a solution. Be part of the the, the solution, not part of the problem. Um, and we welcome criticism, but we also welcome, you know, constructive criticism of getting things done. But it's going to take a community effort to, to make things better, and I think I have seen – the community want to get involved and make things happen in a good way.
3: Yeah. I mean, you, you know, if, if you don't do anything, the problem just grows. I mean, we don't have to go far, right? Just across the river to see what happens when you're complacent and you're really not on top of it. Uh, The problem gets almost to the point of being insurmountable. Uh, Thankfully the city has begun to embark upon some of the same, uh, I think strategies trying to move this out because you know human nature is a first impression is a lasting impression if you come down off the uap long bridge and you and you start to see uh under the west bank express uh, what what people are attempting to do you get turned off to the area immediately
4: absolutely and that's what we need to stop we need to make it attractive like i said attractive safe clean you know we spend in this state with 30 million dollars picking up litter $30 million and, and you can pass down certain businesses and there's litter in front of the businesses and others not. Uh, you know, the Walgreens by my house, um, West Bank Expressway and Avenue D, there was litter all over the place. I called the manager and got him and said, y'all got to do something. You got to do better. I talked to the lobbyist about Rouge and they had made a better effort to do that, but every business has to take, uh, pride in his, property clean up the, 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 the litter, um, because it's going to come, and, and, and you know why we have this little problem in the state. I have no idea, but it just bugs me to all. Uh, you know we need to do something about it, and uh, you know we're going to keep trying. We're not going to give up, and we're not going to let the criticism stop us. But we're just going to keep trying and make things better.
3: And and you would agree that when people see this and uh, it's a mess, it's almost infectious. People kind of lose the sense of caring any longer right and and the moment yeah, we get I to that it. point I mean it's as you said you've been fighting this for eight years I mean it gets more and more frustrating
4: yeah. but I also see that when, when you start picking up litter you start picking up trash you know uh, people follow that suit so we got to make no mm-hmm. litter zones and, and, and start enforcing our, our litter courts which we have Our justice of the peace and our constables need to start writing tickets and, and getting people's attention because that will get their attention but you want to have the effort from all public officials and, and all citizens to say this is something we will not tolerate, and we got to change. But until we get to that point, no, we're going to still be where we are. You know, I looked at other states where they do. Uh, there was one, a few, few uh, cities put up ordinances where you can't serve single-serving containers of beer, wine, and alcohol. You know, so that would make it difficult for those with the they get they get money and and you know they have an addiction to alcoholism and they go get. You know, a, a pint. They drink the pint on the bridge and throw it on the ground and litter and just go to sleep. Um, you know, will that happen here? It's something we need to take a look at, and we're looking at all over the nation what, what was what's being done, what's successful, what's not successful. Uh, but we got to be careful because of the court have ruled that you know panhandling is is a right.
3: And Pat, we're in a. a- we, if by my memory serves me correct, we're in a transition with the land under the West Bank Expressway. It's going to move from state-owned property to parish. Is it is that correct?
4: Yeah, that's another thing we're, we're working on. Working with Cynthia Lee and, and the council, we passed a law in Baton Rouge to allow the parish to take over the property under the expressway, along the expressway. And by doing so, the parish will have the right to put in ordinances on the property like no camping uh time limits when people can be out there it could be like a park type rule setting but it's got to be you know the parish has to come and fulfill that obligation and get that done w- with the state and we're working on that and then once it's done once it's transferred you know the the, the uh, police the sheriff's uh, office has to enforce those rules and regulations and and, and that would hopefully make a big difference
3: had, um this uh, upcoming uh, legislative session in the spring, let's just pivot real quick uh, to that, if you don't mind. I, new administration coming in, a lot of different changes. You've seen it come and go. What, what do you see on the horizon as, as some of the priorities uh, for this legislative session?
4: The number one is the insurance issue, the insurance crisis. I've gotten calls from folks from... Uh, Lafitte and Grand Isle and, and Plaquemines Parish saying we cannot afford to have – we cannot afford to live because we're paying so much for insurance. I have to work seven days a week. And so that's what we have to address you know, from the get-go. And I think with the new governor and the new insurance uh, commissioner and the legislature behind it, we've got to come up with some solutions. But it's got to be a state and federal uh, solution because the federal government controls a lot of, of uh, these these costs of insurance, especially, especially the flood insurance. You know, we're not getting credit for all the protection we put in around the city of the 14 billion dollar uh, levee system. You know, that was put in to prevent flooding. In this last hurricane, Ida, there was no flooding on the West Bank. Yet we're still raise, they, they still raise and want to raise our our uh, flood insurance rates.
3: Are are you um, – I know there's been talk about a special session to deal with insurance-only issues. Are are you in favor of that?
4: Absolutely, and you know, I'm ready to get back to work up there, and, and, and you know, um, Kirk Talbert is, is from Jefferson Parish. He will be the uh, uh, chairman of Senate Insurance, but uh, Cameron Henry is going to be the Senate president, another Jefferson a Parish resident, and I'm on the West Bank, and, and – I think you're going to have a strong, Jefferson will have a strong voice up at Baton Rouge and all three of us work closely with both sides of the aisle and I hope hopefully we can get some good things done.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, there's no doubt. I hear, I hear it every day. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it personally. I know I have as well, you know, facing uh rising insurance rates. It's pretty butt ugly.
4: It's bad. Um, you know, but, but people can't afford to, 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 uh, to live. You know, they, I got a call from the guy in the Lafitte because he he's, he's a charter fisherman. He said, I got to fish every seven days a week and, and fishing, I guess is a good thing, but not, unless it's your job, um, but yeah. he's saying, I, I can't, af- <laughs> I can't afford to, to pay my, my house note. I can't afford this insurance. It's just, it's just, he's tired of it. And that's why people are moving out of Lafitte and moving out of Grand Isle. Uh, and, and, they, that that has to stop. it. We got to make sure these these you know these yeah. uh, areas will, will remain you know viable.
3: Yeah. Well, Pat, I'm so happy that you're happy about your reelection, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and appreciate you, know, you joining joining us today. Uh, really appreciate it.
4: Now we got a lot of good things going on, and, and I'm not finished with my work uh, and, and helping out the West Bank, and they'll give me four more years, maybe eight more years. But uh,
3: I look forward to it. Great. Thank you so much. Pat Connick, State Senator from Jefferson Parish. We're going to go to Chris Miller in the WWL newsroom for an update with this traffic debacle. Chris?
1: Well, drivers can now head on I-10 East out from New Orleans all the way to Slidell. Those lanes eastbound have reopened. Westbound traffic headed from Slidell into the city still being diverted at Highway 11 at Irish Bayou because there are portions of the I-10 headed towards the high-rise that are closed around Michoud. But if you're headed from New Orleans to the Slidell area, you can get all the way there on I-10 just uh, if you're headed in from that direction you're going to be put onto highway 11 once you get to the south shore of the twin span
3: all righty thank you so much for the update we will be right back folks stay with us this is newell on WWL.
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Alyssa Abair, Assistant Vice President, Metairie Bank, and President of the East Jefferson Business Association. They are hosting a fundraiser to benefit uh, the uh, Kiwanis Dawn Busters here, and the beneficiary program is uh, something that we're going to talk about. Alyssa, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Noel. good afternoon. Thank you.
3: Well, first, thank you for your leadership in our parish and all that you do here in Jefferson Parish. We really uh, appreciate not only Metairie Bank, but the East Jefferson Business Association as well. I was the beneficiary of a lot of support out of your organization, working closely with the EJBA for a long time and certainly appreciated everything that y'all brought to the forefront.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Neil. I mean, we love doing what we do every day, so I appreciate it. Thank you.
3: So we're hosting the fundraiser. Let's just we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about what. The, the benefit program that this goes to, the Darnbusters, Kiwanis Darnbusters, Mel Dussel, and that group over there, they're so serious <laughs> about everything that they do. Uh, he's, a, he's a great friend. They actually meet too early in the morning for me. but
0: uh, Me too. <laughs> be <normal>. that,
3: <laughs> but be that as it may, a great program that they've involved themselves in.
0: Yeah, the Rewards for Reading program they've been doing since, I believe, 2006, and it's such a great program, and we're really, that's what this bingo is for. We're giving all the proceeds for this bingo directly to them so that they can continue their great work that they're doing for the Rewards for Reading program.
3: Tell us about it, though. I mean, what what does it mean?
0: So, what they're trying to do is they're trying to reach over 50,000 students in the Jefferson Parish public school system. Um, And what it is, is they set up this accelerated reading program and it's for kindergarten through fifth grade and it's for uh, the public schools within the parish. And it's proven that if they can get kids to read and read more, you'll have improved SAT skills, goals, SAT scores. You'll have more kids graduating from high school, more kids going to college. So in the long run, we're we're building for a better future for tomorrow for the with these kids.
3: No, no doubt. And it seems as though the uh, superintendent of schools in Jefferson Parish and the school board are 100% invested in this program as well, right?
0: Correct, correct. I mean, it, it, they're winning, the, the teachers win, the kids win, they get great prizes. I mean, that's essentially the reward for readings They're getting bikes, iPads. I mean, numerous Rewards, which I, I want a new bike. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. So tell us, so the, the fundraiser is going to be November 9th uh, from Correct. 5 it's to Thursday. 8, uh, which is Correct. Thursday. And wh- where where will this be held?
0: So the bingo is going to start at 6 o'clock. Um, it's held at Elmwood Self Storage and Wine Cellar, which, you know, is in Elmwood. It's uh, 1004 South Clearview Parkway right next to Petsmart and Skechers. I think everybody knows where Elmwood Self Storage is. Um, and like I said, it's it's our annual benefit bingo. The bingo is going to start at six. We also have um, silent auction and we have a punch wall. The bingo, we offering prizes anything from, so it's eight games and we're offering prizes from laptop computers, uh, Samsung ta- tablet, but our major grand prize is a two-person Caribbean cruise. So Again, I would like wow. that prize as well. Caribbean <laughs> cruise <craving laughs> for two. Yeah.
3: Absolutely, and and you, you have uh, y'all are I should say the beneficiary of a lot of corporate sponsors as well, right?
0: Correct. We've got several banks. We've got. Um, I mean, everybody's just everybody's just thrilled for this event, and we cannot wait to to hold this event and just and get it get it going and just. And then at the end of it, give that big old fat check to Don Buster's Kiwanis.
3: (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, Is this the first? Y'all have done these bingos before?
0: Yes, this is an annual bingo. Uh, Of course, during COVID, uh, they couldn't hold the bingo, but they had one last year, uh, again this year. And then hopefully going forward, we'll be able to continue doing this annual bingo. It's just such such a great opportunity to raise money, and everybody has such a great time. I mean, who doesn't love bingo? We feed you. You get to play bingo. We have a punch wall, which is always so much fun as well, 50-50 raffle, silent auction, and we've got great prizes with the silent auction. We've got things from um, Jefferson Parish Performing Arts tickets. We've got World War II museum tickets. We've got um, gift cards from the uh, Brennan Group of Restaurants. And then there's all kinds of great prizes in the punch wall as well. And 50 everybody loves getting some cash.
3: Oh, absolutely. And if folks uh, want more information on uh, this uh, endeavor, they can contact Mel Dussel at 504 454 nine seven and is there a a contact for the ejba as well or no they
0: can all yeah absolutely they can go to the east jefferson business association facebook page and they can even go straight to eventbrite the eventbrite website and just search bingo and we pull right up
3: all righty final thoughts
0: uh i would Go get your tickets now. Tickets are $25 uh, through the Eventbrite website, or if you go and get them at the door, they're 30 bucks. So I would go get your tickets now.
3: All righty. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa Abair, Assistant Vice President, of Metairie Bank, and President of the East Jefferson Business Association. Best of luck on Thursday. The benefit bingo taking place uh, from 5 to 8 at the Elmwood storage and wine uh, cellar location there at, uh, let me give the address again, 1004 1004 South Clearview Clearview Parkway. And that would be on Thursday, folks. Thank you so much, Alyssa. appreciate everything that you do.
0: Thanks, New. Enjoy your day.
3: All righty. You as well. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and text lines. Stay with us
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Welcome back, folks. So we have this conflict, war going on in the Middle East, and as a result of that, it is brought more of a spotlight on the southern border. As it relates to whether or not we have anyone on a terrorist list that has come across into this country, we know that that has actually happened. We've talked about how this is actually a national security issue. We've talked about it many times on this show, and we will continue to highlight this because it is absolutely ridiculous as to what's going on down there. But you get these little anecdotal stories, and you begin to understand exactly what's happening here. So, for example... Um a man convicted of murder in Venezuela who managed he managed to cross the southern border was found living catch this in a state funded migrant housing complex on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. The fugitive, a thirty eight year old Giordano Gatopo Lopez, was convicted of homicide in his home country of venezuela where he's been wanted since 2006 for a violation of his sentencing conditions there so enforcement and removal operations of um, immigration arrested uh, Gatopa lopez on october 27th at this migrant facility but it gives you an indication that we're moving people around we're spending your taxpayer dollars and we don't really know who these people are we don't we don't have any idea And it continues to reveal itself as being a huge challenge in this country. And when you talk to these um, Border Patrol agents, they say that Americans should be alarmed by the number of gotaways at the southern border because we have no clue who they are. We have no clue why they're here. We have no idea where they are once they cross the border. This will continue to be a problem. This will continue to be an issue that we need uh, to deal with. And we know that the level of violence as a result of what's going on in the Middle East is happening here. In fact, uh, an American Jew was killed on Monday. A lot of articles being posted across the Internet where the murders are beginning. And we're, we're going we're to see the level of hate crimes increase here more and more and more each passing day uh, that we deal with this issue. We saw the desecration of monuments and others in Washington, D.C. over the, over the weekend uh, by those uh, rallying and protesting in favor of the Palestinians. Interestingly enough, not many arrests. It's amazing how that happens. I would have thought that there would have been a a hell of a lot more in light of the damage to public property that was actually being committed uh, by individuals out there. And we'll see how this is going to progress in the coming days and what the response of law enforcement and those elected leaders are, are going to be. Uh, we continue uh, to try and create some equivalency here uh, that is actually mind-boggling, and there are a number of other authors that are that are talking about, you know, the perpetuation of stories and deception uh, that Hamas is utilizing, and and we're just swallowing it up here in this country and helping perpetuate uh, what they know that we're going to do. Uh, buy into sound bites buy into their misdirection buy into their deflection their denial their evasion all the while they continue to attack uh, Israel in Israel and we're trying to create this um equivalency in the response and there's not you can't there's you don't have a moral compass if you if you can figure out a way for that. There are other folks that are talking about whether or not there should be the cancel culture should step in and whether or not we you know, Hamas apologists should be canceled. I actually kinda like what is happening with huge donors to universities in this country. It's a wake up call as to who is influencing what is happening on our college campuses each and every day where that money flow is coming from why we're buying in uh to a lot of what's being perpetuated from from a very kind of monolithic point of view as to who's the cause of what when you see these Middle Eastern affairs classes and who's actually funding them. And when you go back up the train, in fact, we had a a group on a not-for-profit that does that, follows the money. And what you find is it comes right back to a number of folks that are loosely linked in some cases and closely linked in other cases to terrorist organizations. And you pause for a moment and you say, what? What? And you wonder why this lure of the money leads to being devoid of any due diligence being done by some of the finest educational institutions in America, if not the world. And that's why I like what's happening. Because maybe now they're going to recognize that their brand is very important and the moment in time that a number of these big-ticket donors say we don't like your brand we don't like what you've become and we're no longer going to be giving you the blank check that we've been giving you for year after year after year because obviously you're not taking it seriously enough And then when you have the opportunity to stand up and do the right thing, as it relates to hate and vitriol on your campus, for whatever reason, there's a complete total lack of credible leadership. And in the case of some universities, like Harvard, it takes five or six attempts to get there. Why is that? Who is it that you're afraid to offend? Is it some of these other donors that are giving you money to fund some of these programs that obviously is more of an indoctrination than it is an education? When you hear students overseas in Britain from Cambridge or other places it's interesting what you hear. They talk about genocide, but their solution is the complete total annihilation of Israel and Jews. And it's, you, you, you listen to it and it's, excuse me? Where are we going with this? But getting back to the universities, it's going to be interesting to see where this is going to ultimately play out because the lure of the dollar is all too important to many of them and when you hurt these institutions in their pocketbook it creates pause typically they look they listen and they figure out where they're going to end up being and hopefully they take a deep dive into due diligence of what's actually happening on these campuses where university professors are singing the praises of individuals, terrorists, who are beheading kids and the like. And these are the professors that we're putting our kids in their hands. I don't know about you, but it certainly created pause for me in thinking, Who's doing the back-end due diligence on all of this? To think that my kid may have possibly sat in that class with an individual who's promoting and advocating on behalf of a terrorist organization engaged in terrorist activities. How can this happen? Has anyone else had pause? you have kids that are going into college? Have you stopped for a moment and thought, where are we headed? How can this happen in America today? So I think it's going to create pause in the short term, and hopefully they start to do the due diligence. They start to dig deep as to where people are on certain issues like this, where they would get to the point where they are apologists for terrorism and these are the folks that we entrust our children to each and every day it really does make you wonder so I guess there's a lesson learned here for these institutions take control of your campuses gain a better understanding of what's happening And don't squander the moment. Don't squander the opportunity to set the record straight as to what the moral compass is going to be for the institution, the entity. The entity's interest always outweighs the individuals. And why we're worried about certain individuals within our campus culture, more so than others, is beyond me. But if someone's having, or has a conflict in understanding where we ought to be on the issue as to whether or not one of our employees is advocating on the behalf of a terrorist organization, then we have bigger problems in education than we ever thought. There is no reason why... We should not have that moral clarity ringing true each and every day. We'll be right back. Scoots up next. We'll check in with him when we return. Stay with us. This is Newell on WWL welcome back folks if there's uh, any of the material that we covered today yesterday or otherwise you can go to the wwl.com website click on audio than me and you can see all of the shows the same holds true for tommy tucker scoot and bobby Bear and others and tonight at seven you can catch the saints hour with mike haas and executive vice president And General Manager Mickey Loomis, don't miss your chance to get a true inside perspective on all things black and gold on the Community Coffee Saints radio network, WWL. It was a nice win uh, this past weekend, and they're headed out to Minnesota, uh, I think, this uh, coming weekend. Another big game for us. And... Scoot's up next, and he joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot?
5: Well, you know, the fun hour is going to be in the 3 o'clock hour. Not that the first two hours are going to suck or anything, but um, (laughs) we've got some politics to deal with in the first couple of hours. But this is the day in 1969 that Life magazine found Paul McCartney on his farm in Scotland, and this was the day that they determined that Paul McCartney was not dead. Yeah. Do you remember the rumors? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. What was what was the song that if you played it backwards it said,
5: um, um, "Turn me on, dead man" or something. Yeah, I think it was "Turn me on, dead man" or "Paul is dead." Uh, Paul is dead man or something. The end of uh, "Strawberry Fields Forever." Uh, John is supposed to be uh, singing uh, "Paul is dead," but that's not what he's actually singing. And then I think it. There were a couple of songs. um, uh, Number nine. Revolution number nine. If you played that backwards, you were supposed to hear "Turn Me On, Dead Man." But I mean, you know, when you play a song backwards, I mean, you roll a record back, but you can hear anything you want to hear. So I'm sure
3: I, like you, (laughs) tried it.
5: Oh yeah, I did. I did. I, I was totally believing. I was totally believing that Paul was dead. It started in 1966, and it went on for for three years before Life Magazine determined on this day in 1969 that he was indeed alive.
3: Yep. First instance of fake news, right?
5: I guess so, yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Scoots up next, folks. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll see you again in the morning.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.